Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Okay, this is when you want to go through all your baseball cards, all your albums, all your books, anything you've got stuck away in boxes that you think, you know, those are from years ago, I don't know what I'm going to do with them, and find out how much they're worth, okay? Because a Mickey Mantle baseball card, Mickey Mantle baseball card, just sold for $12.6 million. It's the most expensive piece of sports memorabilia to date. Oh, okay. It's the baseball card from the Yankee Hall of Famer's rookie season, graded in near-perfect condition, over $12 million. It's in great condition, obviously, and it's documented. So I guess this collector uh, reportedly bought 5,500 1952 Topps cards, including dozens of Mantle cards, for $125,000 in 1986. He got a call from a friend and said, hey, I just, uh, I inherited a bunch of cards and I want to sell them. So he hired a police officer and drove to Quincy, Massachusetts with $125,000 in cash and purchased the cards. So now, uh, Mantle, <laughs> he sold one of the Mantle cards to 50, for $50,000 in 1991. Pfft, he spits at the $50,000 now. Uh, <laughs> his sons finally convinced him to, hey, you know, you ought to have these cards graded and auctioned off. Oh, okay. Now, we made such a big deal about the Honus Wagner card that sold for 7.2. $5 million, but this card went for $12.6 million. In the same auction, they also auctioned off a bat used by Babe Ruth. That bat went for $1.68 million. And that's the most ever spent on a baseball bat. So go through your stuff, and I'm talking to me as well. Uh, go through your stuff that you've been hoarding all these years because it's never been a better time to hawk your wares. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Speaking of making that little money, I see where the uh, $1.34 billion Mega Millions lotto ticket jackpot uh in illinois that sold uh a few weeks ago uh no one has come forward to claim that ticket yet <laughs> wait what yeah you know what it's mine i have it and i lost it if i find it i'll give it to you how about you just give me the money and if i find the ticket i'll give it to you okay <laughs> what do you say yeah amazing that no one has turned it in so is it just lost are they waiting? I don't know. 
Now, according to Illinois Lottery, in this story, winners have up to a year to come forward. But uh, here's the deal, all right? They only have 60 days from the draw date to choose between the cash or annuity option. So if they don't come ahead within that 60-day window, then they have to take the annuity, which, I mean, okay, I guess, but I'd rather have the, you know, 400 million in cash would be fine. Thank you. We may never know, uh, according to Illinois law, that if you win more than $250,000, you can choose to remain anonymous, but it's incredible that no one has come forward for that ticket yet. I mean, uh, check if you, uh, if you're in Illinois and bought a lottery ticket, in that neck of the woods, they've got to know who purchased it. I mean, they have video cameras at all these stores. They know when, you know, approximate time that the ticket was sold, who was in the store at the time. They've got to know. So if it's you, man, dig through your car seats, dig through the trash, go to the dumpster, whatever you got to do, wherever you think, wherever you think you left that lotto ticket, that mega millions ticket, Go there and look for it because time is running out. Man, how about this? How about this? How about I promise that I'll bring you the ticket in a year? I'll just take the first payment. Okay? Yeah, that won't work either. Hey, remember that baby shortage thing that was going on and it's still going on? Well, Abbott, the company, is now restarting production of its Similac. Oh, really? I mean, didn't that just shut down? Yeah, back in February. <laughs> so, good news. Good news. Uh, Abbott has said that uh, it expects uh, Similac to begin shipping to retail locations in about six weeks. So they just fired up the old Fenortners, and it's going to take six weeks Wow, be, uh, that's incredible that it's taken that long. But it's good news that they're finally getting it back up and running and getting it on the shelves. I know, I know you take the making infant formula responsibility very seriously and parents can feel confident in the quality and safety of Similac. I will say, I know it was a long time ago. But my oldest son, man, he grew up on Similac with iron. I mean, I spent a, I paid for a big portion of that foundry in Sturgis <laughs> with Similac for, with Iron Man. Holy cow. Uh, this company, uh, Abbott, supplies more than 8 million pounds of infant formula. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, that's incredible. So uh, keep coming and uh, keep it fresh and keep it clean. Yeah, I love the picture. Uh, they have a picture of the the factory, the production area, and it shows a worker just walking by. And the worker has a hard hat on, and he's got a he's got a mask on, and he's got a looks like a blue suit. He's wearing gloves, and he's got and he's got uh, footies over his shoes, which you'd expect. I mean, he looks. I looked at the picture, and I thought, oh yeah, that's inside the factory. That's what you would you would expect. Now the the uh, the caption underneath the picture is. An Abbott employee working inside a production area of the Michigan Infant Formula Manufacturing Facility wears shoe covers to help prevent outside particles from entering production areas. No kidding. Not to mention the entire outfit, hat, mask, 
gloves, but we're going to caption the picture with wearing, wearing, wear shoes to prevent outside particles. No kidding. Duh. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. And you know that no one supports zoos more than this show. Chewing the Fat and myself, Jeff Fisher. No one supports zoos more than me. I mean, I'm a fan. However, this story makes me... I've never wanted a tortoise to escape again more than now. So there's a tortoise named Rocket. He's a 500-year-old tortoise, a 90-year-old... Uh, I'm 500 year old. He's a 90 year old, 500 pound tortoise. And, uh, he has found a way to escape. He was, uh, one of the first animals ever at the Sedgwick County zoo in Kansas when it first opened in the early seventies. Now, 40 years later, uh, more than, uh, the more than 500 pound tortoise realized, uh, how big he was and he became an escape artist. So in 2009, he realized, Hey, I can sneak out of here and I could just get my legs up over the edge and just walk on out of here. So he would escape and it was impossible to lift him back up. It was like, Ooh. so they had, you know, tried to lead him back into the, into the exhibit. And so they finally got rid of him. They had enough. He'd done this multiple times and they were, they were sick of the old codger walking away from his, from his zoo cage. So they shipped him off. And they said, hey, get out of here, okay? So they shipped him off to Tulsa, where Tulsa said, hey, we're happy to have you. Uh, I, his new handler loved him, and he escaped multiple times at the Tulsa Zoo. Wait, what? Yeah. So his new handler at Tulsa said, all right, I, I, uh, you're out. Take care. So now they've shipped him to the Bronx Zoo in the brand new state-of-the-art exhibit. And I want this 90-year-old 500-pound tortoise to escape this brand new state-of-the-art exhibit at the Bronx Zoo desperately. <laughs> they call it an escape proof area. They've put him in a maximum security prison. I mean zoo at the Bronx zoo for his, uh, his new tortoise exhibit. Do I want him to escape desperately? I just want it to happen. I know. I don't look at me like that. I get it. But uh, I want to, I want the Bronx zoo to put out a, put out an alert. Uh, rocket has escaped beyond the lookout. Rocket has escaped beyond the lookout. All right, let's go to the break room. <laughs> I need something cold to drink desperately. How about those VMAs last night, huh? For those of you listening live, today is the 29th of August, 2022, and the VMA Awards were last night. And how about them, huh? Weren't they great? <laughs> oh, weren't they great? Congratulations to Taylor Swift. Uh, video of the year, all too well. The, of course, the 10 minute version, duh. And uh, Artist of the Year, Bad Bunny. Song of the Year, Billie Eilish, Happier Than Ever. That's all you need to know. Congratulations to them. I cannot believe. I honestly, I honestly cannot believe. I know we had Johnny Depp come in for his little Moon Man performance, and it was cute. He didn't, he didn't, uh, give out any awards or anything, which was kind of weird, but the crowd loved him. But I will say this. I cannot, I honestly cannot believe that they did not have 
Elton John and Britney Spears perform Hold Me Closer. It was just released. I mean, it's this huge version with Britney Spears. First time Britney has released something in like six years. And Elton, of course, is retired. <laughs> but uh, I can't believe that they didn't have them perform. It's just amazing. Even if it was recorded even if it was just Britney by herself with Elton out the side. I mean, I, you watched Elton at uh, Kane's. Uh, it was awesome. Elton posted a, a video on his Instagram where he performed with Britney. Britney wasn't there. It was just a DJ and Elton was there just saying it releases on Friday. And that was, that was it. He showed up, did his thing and left, which was awesome, by the way. I wish I'd have been there, but, uh, why couldn't Britney do that at the MTV music awards? I mean, she's, she's done a lot for them over the years and she gets nothing for these awards. Okay. All right, fine. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. And then we have, I see where, uh, we talked quite a bit on this show over the Phil Collins lawsuit where his wife is after all this money and uh, Phil Collins has been saying no, no, no and they've been trying to get her kicked out of the house and finally, uh, Collins finally sold the house and she claimed that she'd previously promised her half of the sale if she moved back in with him. I mean, it's just been a nightmare. Well, a judge has finally said, yeah, you know what? Enough is enough and we're going to go ahead and just dismiss the $20 million lawsuit against Phil. And uh, how about you just uh, take uh, take a hike? And we're going to get rid of all of it. Okay? Ruling that uh, 10 separate violations of court orders. Yeah, we're done. I'm done with this. You can go ahead and prepare the order of dismissal. <laughs> so my man Phil Collins uh, wins this battle at least this time. And uh, he's consistently maintained that uh, the lawsuits claiming uh, an interest in his home was baseless and he never made an agreement with her regarding that home. Remember, he, she moved in with her boyfriend and lived there. It was agonizing. So it's finally uh, it's finally over, at least this portion of it. But whenever you're around a nightmare, that nightmare continues. Believe me. <laughs> and I see Danny DeVito starting a fight with Colin Farrell. Uh, he was interviewed saying, hey, Colin's a good friend of mine. I love him. He did a great job in Batman, but obviously my Penguin was the best. Okay, so I mean, my Penguin was better than Colin Farrell's. So, I don't know. I, I enjoyed Colin Farrell, although uh, Colin was a fat shamer. Uh, he's not a fat person, and yet they made him into a fat person. And I, you know how I feel about that, this whole Hollywood fat shaming thing. We can't, uh, we can't shame anybody else, but it's okay to shame fat people. I don't like it. But uh, Danny has started a fight now. We'll see. I enjoyed Colin's version of the Penguin in this latest Batman. But Danny was good too, you know, in his time. He was good too in his time. And that's what we're talking about, I guess. And then I've been stuck on, uh, I've been stuck on House of Gucci. I cannot get over House of Gucci and Patrizia Regani. So that's uh, Maurizio Gucci's uh, wife who... You know, hired people to kill him. And uh, it was just, I've been reading about her. I wondered what's going on. They've got, in the movie, they only have one kid. In real life, they have two. The two daughters now are famous for being Gucci's. Uh, that's what, that's how they live. Uh, they live because they're Gucci's. 
Uh, apparently, they you know they share the four hundred million dollars, and they've got families, and you know they are estranged from their mother, huh? Uh, who uh, you know <laughs> hired people to murder their father, huh? They don't want to talk to her. Weird. Plus, they filed a lawsuit, so she gets uh in real life she gets like one uh, i don't know 1.7 or something like something between one and two million a year uh as uh alimony from the gucci fund and she uh they fought to have her not get that and the judge was like yeah no she gets that so she continues to get that but my favorite part of the story is you know she was in prison for whatever she was they sentenced her to 29 years it was reduced to 26, and then she got out after 18 years, you know, due to good behavior. Now, she was up for parole before then. They asked her to go out on parole, but it was a work release thing. And she said, yeah, um, no, uh, <laughs> the idea of working horrifies me. I, I I want to like this woman. I know she's a murderer. She hired someone to be a murderer. But I, I love the idea of the idea of working horrifies me. No, I'm not going to work. But she did finally uh, get paroled and took a job at some costume jewelry firm, which she designed some stuff and did some things for them, helping them to, uh, you know, helping them make more money. So good for her. So right now, her employment status, according to this story, is unknown. Yes, she's not working. All right, she lives in a pretty nice neighborhood. She walks around. She's lost, you know, she's got her pet parrots. She had a ferret for a while in prison where she said one of the one of her uh, inmates uh, accidentally sat on it. <laughs> and they said that uh, she was, uh, she lounged in the prison yard uh, she would order around other inmates and bribe guards. Oh, well, uh, that's what she does. Okay. And she just walks around with her parrots. Uh, she has a parrot that she loves and I'm just fascinated with her. I can't, I can't it's just, she's just amazing. It's an amazing story. And, uh, you know, you watch the movie house of Gucci and, uh, Gaga did a great job. I thought. But we, you know, we get the idea in that movie that I think we're supposed to feel that she's the crazy one. But Maurizio in the movie uh, becomes, you know, this Gucci that she fought to have him become. So I don't know who's at fault here, uh, Patrizia or Maurizio. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And she was, uh, uh, Patricia was mad that uh, Gaga didn't meet with her before the movie and Gaga was like, yeah, no, uh, I don't want to talk to her. She's, I don't want to, uh, make her, uh, you know, this big, uh, this big star more than it. She already is because, uh, you know, she's, we're making a movie about her. So, okay. All right, fine. Whatever you say. Uh, <laughs> I just find it fascinating. I was just fascinated with her. I love the idea that, uh, that she is out of prison now and psychologically she's uh, in a terrible state. Yeah, okay. I mean, she tried to kill herself once in prison and she's, uh, she's sick now and she's really old and she's not long for the planet. But uh, it's just a fascinating story of uh, 
Patricia Gucci. Although that's not her name now, I don't think, but she still goes by it. Anyway, if you haven't seen House of Gucci, go ahead and watch it because it's worth it. It's fun. And then read about where they're at in real life. Pretty amazing. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, I see we're back to sending emails to me without an amount, but wants me to uh, wants me to get help them with money. So I got an email from a major James Walton under the heading "I am in need of your assistance." My name is Major James Walton. I am in the engineering military unit here in Iraq. We have some amount of funds that we want to transfer out of the country. My partners and I need a good partner, someone we can trust. This proposal is legal and risk-free. These funds were gotten from a soaring oil revenue and contract award. Once the funds gets to you, you are entitled to 30%. Your own part of this deal is to find a safe place where these funds can be sent to and kept. Should you be interested, I will furnish you with slash full details. Regards, Major James Walton. So I don't know how much money I'm going to get, but I'm going to get 30% of it. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm getting 30% of it. And it's it's legal. So we'll see. I replied to Major James Walton and said, Hey, uh, Major, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I did not. Uh, this is a great scam. I love it because uh, I, it's just there's no money there's no amount named but whatever it is I'm going to get 30% of it it's legal all they need from me is a safe place where the funds can be sent and kept that's all they need that's all they need and I'll get 30% of it so let your mind wander on how much you're going to get because that's exactly how much you're not going to get alright speaking of crime <laughs> A 19-year-old female and a 20-year-old male were out on their first date and they decided, you know, what we should do on our first date is break into a church and play the piano and then steal some Bibles. What do you think? Sure, that sounds like fun. (laughs) And they didn't even have to break in. The side door was opened. It was unlocked. So they just got to walk in. How cool is that? I know. So they admitted to detectives, yeah, we were looking for a piano to play because both of them play the piano. And uh, we, they knew of a few churches that had pianos. They were looking for an unlocked church to go into and play the piano, and they found one. So before leaving, all right, we stole a couple of drumsticks, a couple of Bibles, four, and a collection plate. We kind of liked the plate. It was pretty, so we decided to take it. Uh, the church said, hey, yeah, the door it doesn't close all the way. We're trying to get it fixed. We'll get it fixed, okay? Now, church leaders, church leaders said that uh, they don't want, they have care and concern 
for the individual lives of these people. And they asked members to please be praying for them, which is exactly what a church should do. Okay. Police said they tracked down the couple by identifying the young woman's orange Mustang, which has been recorded on surveillance footage in the parking lot. And the church said, yeah, we're not going to press charges. We want to, you know, we want to say prayers and we want to have care and concern for these people. But what did the Hendersonville police department do? Yeah, they arrested him and charged the couple with burglary and theft. And they're scheduled to be in court the middle of next month, uh, September 14th, 2022. So, uh, wow. So the church is saying, we're not going to press charges and we're going to pray them. And the police said, so what? We are going to arrest and charge them. So good luck. God bless. A Florida man arrested on his honeymoon after he answered an ad for a prostitute. He's on his honeymoon. Yay. So he left the new bride sleeping in their hotel room. This happened, of course, in Tampa Bay. Uh, Went out to meet a prostitute he had connected with online. So the wife is sleeping, the new wife, he's had already, you know what, I love you, but uh, I got to go take care of a little business with somebody I don't know. And uh, so the self-employed businessman arrived at the Hyatt Hotel and was placed in handcuffs, caught up in a sting operation by local police to crack down on sex trafficking. He wasn't trafficking anybody. He was just looking for a little business. So what? I mean, it's a side note that his new bride was back at the other hotel sleeping. He just wanted a little business on the side. So now, uh, what the Hillsborough County Sheriff, uh, Chad Cronister, uh, said that, uh, this man, uh, Tarowski was one of 176 men arrested in the sting operation. (sighs) Okay. Were all of these 176 men guys coming to take care of a little business with a prostitute? I'm sorry, but that doesn't crack down on sex trafficking. But, hey, what do I know? And go rotten hell, you bastard criminal. More crime? Yes, exactly there's more crime. Every day there's more crime. Like the adult film star making explicit content on a Disney ride. How dare her? So they just shut the ride down as the adult film star shared she was making the content on the attraction. (laughs) So... All right, fine. She caused uh, one of the Disney rides to come to a complete stop for breaking the rules. It was uh, the under the sea journey of the Little Mermaid was stopped because she was making explicit content for the old TikTok and the user shared she was banned following the incident. Oh no. Oh gosh darn it. Now this isn't the first time that an incident of this nature has occurred at Disney World. Uh, Disney cast members shared that a couple was caught performing a sexual act on Splash Mountain. And in other theme park news, I mean, we talked about the Cedar Point uh, attraction where a couple were taking care of a little business on the old Ferris wheel. But uh, it seems to be it's, uh, you know, it's turning into a big deal at Disney. You'd think they'd be for it, 
right? I mean, they're all for open and exclusivity and everybody needs to get along and it doesn't matter what part of the alphabet you're part of. Just don't do it on our rides, okay? No business on the Disney rides because then we're shutting the ride down and you are going to jail. Hey, what do you have in your hand? Is that a can of whipped cream? It is. Let's see some ID. You're under 21. You're going to go to jail. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, now illegal uh, for New Yorkers under the age of 21 to purchase a can of whipped cream. The law is meant uh, to prevent teens from inhaling nitrous oxide. And according to this, one in five young people uses inhalants by the time they reach eighth grade. Boy, that's pretty, that's a stretch to call nitrous oxide out of a whipped cream can uh, an inhalant. But okay, uh, if you want to do that, that's fine. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done that before. I have. Uh, It's tough to get it all out. (laughs) You got to warm it up. Yeah, you know, it can't be cold. Otherwise, you're not going to get the the full effect. Uh, you know, if you want, if for real, the whippets. I mean, for sure, those little chargers with the nitrous oxide chargers. You no kidding. Those are, you know, you can. Uh, not that I've ever done ten thousand of those, but uh, you can. Those do some. You can do some serious, some serious buzzing on the on the whippets with the whipped cream chargers. Oh man. But uh, they need your ID and uh, do not be walking around with a can of whipped cream. Now, I know that in, I know the whip, the inhalants are terrible, and I know they're found in common household products that produce, you know, chemical vapors. And I get that, and we should be looking for that and hope that it doesn't happen and make sure you keep those away from your young kids and that let make them know now the, how bad it is, and they shouldn't be abusing the inhalants. I got it. Okay, but uh, whipped cream, come on now. I believe all complaints are piling up. Uh, empty canisters on our neighborhood streets. Okay, uh, maybe that's another problem we should take a look at. But to just make it illegal to be 21 before you can buy a can of whipped cream. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that's right. It's illegal and you're going to jail. Well, who died today? Who died today? Artemis one dead i know the launch was scheduled to go off this morning and because they had some i don't know some kind of fuel leak issue and they also blamed it on clouds give me a break so it's not completely scrubbed uh it could go if everything gets back to running we can put it up on friday uh, which is what the second of September, and then if that one doesn't go, then we have to wait till the fifth of September. And we're looking at hurricanes and stuff coming along too, so they may have to, you know, postpone it for, you know, even longer. But as of today, Artemis One dead. 
So I see, uh, speaking of space and death, I see, <laughs> sorry, I see where Nichelle Nichols, you know, Lieutenant Uhuru on Star Trek, who died uh, at the end of last month, uh, the end of July. Uh, she is the only black character on Star Trek during the civil rights era of the 60s. She became a vanguard of representation both on screen and in space science field. She helped recruit some of the first female and minority U.S. astronauts, which was huge. Uh, she was uh, she was great for them, and she was a really good human being. So she's going back to space. They're going to put some of her ashes into space. Isn't that special? So the people are they have a, there's a flight the Celestis voyages that uh, take people into space. Oh, okay. So you have until August thirty first. According to this, uh, they prices start at $12,500. You can have uh, DNA or loved ones remains in a space flight container. Now, they're taking off. It doesn't say when the liftoff is going to occur, but you'll be able to watch it on their webcast. So they're going to uh, put her in there and uh, let her go. I don't know how much they're going to put in there. If they're putting the whole thing in, uh, I'm not really sure. I see where uh, other remains aboard this flight are Gene Roddenberry, of course, uh, creator of Star Trek, his wife. uh, And she played various roles in uh, the show and on the movies. And James Duhon, who played uh, Scotty in the films and the TV series. So they're going back to space or really into space for the first time since it wasn't real. They really didn't go into space in Star Trek. I know. Spoiler. I'm sorry. Oh, and I see where Burning Man started this weekend, too. I, I've, got an, I've got a lead on a person that's uh, going to be out there at Burning Man. I'm going to try to talk to him throughout Burning Man, although that is sometimes may prove to be difficult, as if you have any idea of what's happening out there, at, uh, in the Black Rock Desert, probably not going to get a, a self-call in and uh, let us know what's happening. But I am going to talk to him after Burning Man because I want to interview him. I want to find out exactly his experiences throughout Burning Man. There's going to be like 80,000 people there. Just incredible. Uh, it started back in 1986 and it draws you know tens of thousands. I was looking at some of the pictures at uh, burningman.com, some of the wildest events that are happening uh, this year at Burning Man. And for sure, the special emphasis is going to be on consent. Uh, It's a crucial component, given that so many experiences on the schedule involve sex, from after-hour orgies and flogging to blacklight bondage and naked cheese parties. And for those of you coming as couples, a workshop on how to navigate such a changed environment while in a relationship would probably be a good time. Uh, a pretty good time investment, as would the Buddhist polygamy session. If you're not in a relationship, the art of flirting and cruising might be useful. So you can watch, uh, you can watch uh, Burning Man, and uh, you know you can wait till the end when they burn the man, which is awesome. But they also have big events uh, going on the website where they burn other uh, artifacts, artists, works of art throughout the uh, throughout the entire event. So I'm looking forward to talking to uh, talking to someone who actually went and is participating 
And I don't know if he's participating in the hammock forest or the hypnotherapy, the communal peppermint bomb breathwork exercises. I don't know. I, I do want to wanna find out if he's, you know, a part of the bikini armor crafting workshop. <laughs> they have uh, stations for throwing all sorts of dangerous projectiles. Hopefully our person is going to do some of that. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to talk to him after Burning Man, but uh, you can catch that. It's still, it's ongoing. Looking at their website, we're looking at uh, The Man Burn on September 4th and The Temple Burn on October 14th. (laughs) I can't wait to talk to them. You can go and look at all the events at, uh, what is it, burningman.org. They're not a sponsor. They should be. I love this place. And speaking of the desert, I see where Mark Wahlberg, Houses of the Hoity Toity, just paid $15.6 million on dirt in a lavish Summit Club estate in Vegas. So congratulations, Mark. That's uh, that's a good deal for you. I know you have your six, a little over six acre Beverly Park estate on the market for a whopping $87 million. And uh, they just plunked down the $15.6 million two and a half acres of land and they're going to turn it into something spectacular it's supposed to be housed within an elite gated walls of the summit club in Samarla, nevada and it's going to be beautiful you know but for now it's dirt so good luck can't wait for that (laughs) it's going to start with an 18 hole golf course scenic views of the las vegas strip and the gorgeous red rock canyon national conservation area and there's going to be other recreational activities you know indoor basketball movie theater bowling alley swimming pool and spa that's probably just mark's home once it gets built there on his two and a half acres of dirt in uh in nevada I didn't even talk about the KSI fight this weekend. Uh, KSI on DAZN, uh, he fought two fights. Pretty incredible. He set up an event. There was, you know, there were several fights, and they were a lot of fun to watch of these uh, influencers and boxers. And and uh, KSI had two fights. He opened up the show with a fight against the uh, Swarms, and then he closed the night with a fight against uh, Luis Alcaraz Pineda. Yeah, Luis Alcaraz Panada. He dropped him seven times. He kept complaining. Oh, he's hitting me in the back of the head, which he wasn't. And uh, it was a tough event to put on. And uh, KSI actually said that he was not going to uh, cancel this event. All these other events around uh, the boxing and the influencers have been getting canceled. And he claimed all along, I am not canceling this event. So his brother finally won a fight. His brother fought. Uh, in a fight and finally won which was awesome and there were some good fights it was fun to watch there were three or four round fights and it was fun to see some of these guys win and uh, the one guy Salt Pape uh, from the uh, from the Phil- from, where is he from he's from the you know the Philippines and uh, he obliterated his opponent I mean he came out jumped around showed his happy face and then dropped him within like 30 seconds it was awesome it was really fun to watch so if you didn't get a chance to you know watch it just know that it was fun i know there was football college some of college football started you still have nfl 
uh, spring training preseason going on. There's some baseball. I think we still have uh, the WNBA going on. Brady is finally back playing with the Bucks after his time off that started everyone wondering what he was doing. He's on the Masked Singer. No, he's not. He's with the wife. No, he's injured. What's happening? Uh, everyone believes that it was just personal and he was with the wife and he took some time off. Look, does he need preseason? I think not. And everybody's up in arms about uh, Aaron Rodgers on Joe, Ro- Joe Rogan uh, talking about what happened uh, behind the scenes during the... Uh, during the mandates of COVID with the NFL. We'll see. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. That's not going to bug him. But he did talk about uh, playing and uh, using Percocets, which I don't even know you could get Percocets anymore. But uh, if he's playing, uh, he talked about playing on Percocet, and that was a bad move. So we'll see if anything comes to that as well. Uh, That's probably a good rule of thumb. If you're playing some sort of professional sports, eh, stay away from being on Percocets. I know, don't look at me. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.